Um, I was, I was, Tabby, come home running. Well, that was the last song we sang, and the title of my message is The Way Home. <laughs> so come home running. The scripture that we have uh, that I'm looking at is in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. And we're more familiar with perhaps the King James Version, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So when we put together our, our faith, you know, we've just come through the um, Easter season. <laughs> we uh, have uh, seen and, and, you know, proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we, we know that unless there is a cross, there can never be a resurrection. And if we don't see the, the importance of the teachings of Jesus and the, um, the value that Christ put upon his teachings. You see, Jesus was willing to die so that we could understand that he was teaching us the way of life. He was willing to go through the torture and the punishment of sin uh, so that we could have an understanding of life. So whenever we are looking at Christ and him declaring that I am the way, the truth, and the life, he is, he is portraying this not only in his words, but he's portraying this in his life and his actions, his deed, his death, his punishment, you know, the beatings, the flogging, the crown of thorns, and, and you know, everything that he went through on Good Friday so that we would have an Easter Sunday so that we would have life and that we could have eternal life. And the road that we walk on, the road that we live our life on, is a road that God has given us for life. He's given us life in that we are able to continue our daily living. Did you ever, I don't know, sometimes we call them, we call them coincidences and things like that when things just kind of come together. You know, like it's, it's coincidence that we sing Come Home Running and the title of my message is The Way Home. You know, this pastor told Tabby and she did this and put it together so it would all work, right, work together. Amen. Right? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> and it's just, I didn't tell her that that was my, my message. And uh, if she would have asked me what my message was on what night do you have practice? Thursday night, if she'd asked me what the title of my message is Thursday night, I said I don't have a title yet. <laughs> so, you know, I, I you know, just don't have it. You know, I've, I've got the idea, I've got the scriptures, and I'm putting them together, but I just don't have a title for it yet. So it's, it's interesting how that God brings us to certain places in our life. And I'm of the opinion that God has each of us here for a special reason. And that I believe that God has you here so that God can reveal to you more of who he is and that God can help us understand that we should live with an expectation, an expectation that God is going to do great things in our lives. And okay, I'm, I'm glad you're excited about that. And uh, <laughs> amen, that's it. Uh, God is going to do great things in our lives. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, but I'm busy. I'm scheduled, Lord, you know. <laughs> I got this schedule and I'm, you, you know, pastor, you're talking to me, you know. Like, you know, we're nobody special. Well, but you see, we are someone special. 
And God has something special for our lives. And the uniqueness about his preparation, his preparing us, is that we are being prepared for what God wants to do in our life. That's future. God wants to do something in our life. And he has to, we have to come with, we have to get our expectors out. <laughs> do you have your expector working? You know, what's an expector? It's a little box we carry around. <laughs> no, it's an expectation within our hearts and minds that God is going to do something. God is going to do something good. We're looking for the good. We're looking for the opportunity. We're, we're looking how that God is you, going to use all of the experiences that I've had in my life. God is going to bring, bring them up to let us know that he is teaching us and taking us somewhere. You know, the devil brings up our, our past to try and trip us from where God wants to take us. So we become, we lose focus on the path. See, Jesus is the path. See, the way home is on the path of belief. That I believe, I believe that God has a purpose for my life. I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse me from all sin. I believe that when I die, I'm going, to, I'm going to go to heaven. I believe that the promises that God has placed in my heart are possibilities that he wants to bring about for me. I be, see, so the path of life is our path of belief. Now, some people believe for, nothing's going to work in my life. That's a belief. I'm not good enough. That's a belief. That, you know, nothing good has ever happened in my life and nothing good ever will happen in my life. That's a belief. So our belief sets the path. And, and whenever we're allowing God to teach us his word, we are putting beliefs together so that our path is based upon what Jesus Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that the path is Christ, and that our belief in Jesus and what he taught us is a way of life that we're going to be able to be expecting God to turn everything around to the good, fitly joined together, that God is going to do a work in my life that I can't possibly do on my own, and that all of this is preparing me for the next, and for the next. And for the next, because it hasn't entered into our minds and hearts, you and I cannot dream big enough. You and I cannot dream big enough. Let me say it another way. You and I cannot dream big enough <laughs> to fulfill what God wants to do in our life. We, our dreams are not capable of seeing and going in the direction. We're, we're, we're just putting ourselves in a direction of where God is going to take us, of where God wants to do a work in our lives. And we see that it is a progression. You know, um, if, uh, whenever the, in World War II, they, uh, a guy had the idea of putting a platform on top of a ship and hauling airplanes around, you know? <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was the first, con it was a concept. 
that we can take our planes across the ocean because they don't have the capabilities of flying that distance. So we'll just put this platform on top of a, a, top of a carrier and, uh, and, and we'll just haul some planes somewhere and see how it works. <laughs> well, they had no idea of what that idea was. They had no idea of where that was going to take them to some of the aircraft carriers today. The, the one aircraft carrier has a, a deck on it that is five and a half acres. Five and a half acres. Our lot over there isn't, it's maybe a half an acre. So can you imagine a five and a half acre platform floating around in the ocean with 7,000 people on it? Plus airplanes and jets and helicopters and, I mean, just one boat. <laughs> 7,000 people, they have served 16,000 meals a day. All the water they need is desalinated from, and, and you know, they're stored up and stocked up, and they're often going around, and they don't have to be refueled for months at a time. It's, it's like, it's in, you know, the guy who came up with the idea, I forget his name, putting a, a deck on top of a, a boat. <laughs> you know? So an idea that begins to develop. And see, this is where I believe as Christians, that God has given us the ability to develop something. But if we won't take our steps, if we won't take the initial steps in our dreams, we will never see the fulfillment of the bigger dream. So how do we get to the big dream? Start with the little ones. <laughs> you know, the ones that are not important. The ones that, well, you know, anybody can do that. Anything can happen. Anything can be coincidence. But God is telling us in our coincidences that he is there, he's at work, and he's doing something in our life. And we need to see the hand of God giving us different thoughts about what happens in our life and how that we can use those different things in our life to take us somewhere, to lead us and guide us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. The righteousness that God imparts to us is, isn't us. Abraham believed and God imputed to him righteousness. He just, he believed. So the path of belief is setting us up, not to be perfect, but setting us up to see the hand of God work in our lives. Now, believing is not becoming self-aware. <laughs> now, you know, some of our society would say, well, our self-awareness as it grows, and uh, have we, as we become aware of Oh, I don't even want to go there. Uh, Self-actualization, you know, self-renewal, that we can somehow by ourselves achieve these types of things. And really the belief behind that is that we are the highest order of, of um, evolution and that in that evolutionary process as we become more self-aware, we become better at. No, self-awareness is good. I'm not knocking. I mean, people need to be aware that it takes you to do something. <laughs> you have to be doing something in order for it to be done. Um, the, you know, the, the lady, her, the little girl came and asked her mom, said, Mom, where did we come from? Maybe I told you this, I don't know. Uh, Mom, where did we come from? And she says, well, God, God made us in his own image and after his likeness, and, and God has been with us, and you know, God created us and breathed into us the breath of life. Very biblical answer. So a couple weeks later, or a week or so later, she asked her father, and said the same question, Dad, where did we come from? Dad says, well, you know, there was this pond scum, and you know, from that, and then we evolved into apes, 
and monkeys, and then after we went through there, then we finally became man. And the little girl goes back to, his, his mo- back to her mother and says, Mommy, Daddy says we came from monkeys, and you say we come from God. And Mother said, well, he was just telling you about his side of the family. I was telling you about ours. <laughs> so we find that our belief is not Dorothy's, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, clicking your heels three times, I believe, I believe, I believe. Um, or nor is it being eating the cursed apple and, and um, Prince comes along and kisses her and she's back to life in Snow White. And nor is it uh, Shrek and Viona finding true love's kiss. I mean, we have all these magical things that people have. And what is the new, the new and it's not the uh, new one, it's been on for a year. Um, frozen, whatever it is. You know, there again finding true love's kiss and the freezing and everything. We have all these little magical things that people are, you know, and our children believe in only to find out that they're really just nice things to believe in. But you see, our belief in Jesus and our belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our belief that God has a plan for us is not the clicking your heels three times, is not the, the, the magic fairy tale. Jesus is a very real person, his promises are very real, and that his word, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle, the King James has it, means not one slash for emphasis, one, not a parenthesis, what's that called? A little dash above a word, the emphasizing of something. Okay, teachers, what is it? Well, anyhow, it's that little um, David's, you know, the, the little, the little, slash at the top that emphasizes personal possession. Okay, but anyhow, it's not even, what's that? The apostrophe. Yeah, that not one apostrophe, thank you very much, it's a very complicated term. Yeah, a very complicated term. It's it's a slash and preacher doesn't know how to describe it. You know, it's an apostrophe. Great, great word. Not one little jot or tittle, not one little apostrophe or comma in the entire word of God is going to not be fulfilled. Everything is going to be fulfilled. So it's not magic. It is the reality of God's presence. And the inspiration of the Word and the Holy Spirit in our life to help us to see beyond ourselves and to know that there is a plan behind all of this. That there is a plan. God has a plan. God has a purpose for our life. And we haven't even begun to imagine where it's going to take us. We haven't begun to imagine. So, the, the, uh, the story of a little boy who uh, wandered off and got lost, and he couldn't find his way back home. So, the uh, passerbys, whatever, found him wandering, and he, you know, didn't remember his name. What's your father's name? Daddy. <laughs> you know, where do you live? Uh, in a house. Uh, <laughs> you know, What's your mother's name, mommy? You know, where do you, you know, so there's just like all these things. Do you have any idea what your, what's your name? I don't know. <laughs> you know, the little kid can't figure out even who he is. And so after a while, he says, oh, oh, besides my, beside my house is this big, beautiful building, and there's a cross on top. My daddy said, if I ever get lost, to find the cross, and I can find my way home. <laughs> 
So in our lives, whenever we look at the cross of Jesus Christ, we are finding our way home. Our home is that Jesus is the road, <laughs> Jesus is the door, he is the, the, the way, I am the way. So as we find our life in Christ, we are finding our way through Jesus Christ to that eternal home, uh, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. And a few weeks ago, we, Jesus, uh, this story we talked about is him being the door, and the door going through the door. Not going through the doorway, opening the door. We go through Christ. And as we go into and through Christ, we find our way, our salvation, our cleansing for our soul. Our, our failures are just that, things to be left, left go and to go on. Uh, Isaiah, whenever we see Jesus as saying that I am the way and I am the truth, Isaiah says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The prophet Isaiah saw into the future. He saw into the future what would happen with the Messiah. And he spoke about it in Isaiah 53. Um, the first part of it in Isaiah 53, 1, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who is, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should, that we should desire him. Jesus was not a handsome figure of a man. There was nothing that we would put up in front of somebody and say, now there's a king, there's a Messiah, there's somebody. There was nothing about Jesus that would cause people to take note. You know, even in, when they grew up in the city in, in, in Nazareth where he grew up, that, uh, uh, that he, was, he wasn't a, a leader. He wasn't a public figure. He was just Jesus in the carpenter shop. He was just Joseph's son. And he, nothing really outstanding about him. And we see Isaiah is, talks about that. It's, it's interesting, whenever um, Prophet Samuel went to anoint one of um, oh, David's father, what's David's father's name? Jesse. When he went to uh, anoint one of Jesse's sons, that Jesse didn't have, have David there. Prophet says, I'm going to anoint one of your sons uh, you know, as a future king. You know, it's got to be hush-hush because if Saul finds out about it, he'll come and kill them. So he, he goes to anoint the, the sons of Jesse. One of them is to be king, and there was, there was nothing there. But he says, do you have another boy? Do you have another son? Oh, yeah, there's David. He's out, and uh, he, he's not much of a boy. <laughs> he's not much of a count. He just watches sheep out on in, in the hill, and he says, sin for that one. You see, there was, there was and, and for Jesse, even his father, David, for even his father, didn't see there's much account in, in, in David. His father, he's just a ruddy kid out and watching sheep and compared to his brothers. But you see, God saw something in him. Well, and the same thing with Jesus. When Jesus came, he, was, he is God made flesh and dwelt among us. And there's nothing that we would look at and say, there's God walking among us. In fact, everything he said and everything he did, it was, it was, it was the miracles that caused people to pay attention to his words. 
and to his message. And his message brought people to confront who they were on the inside. That's where we are at. The message is God's word confronting what's on the inside. You know, wrong thoughts, wrong ideas. Well, let's think of it this way. God imparts dreams. God imparts desires that he gives to us a new beginning. And we see Jesus as being the, the way and the truth. The truth is, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was in all points rejected as we are. Griefs and sorrows. And we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. That the people, and even today, the people look at Jesus and say and, and declare, his life ended in failure because he died. They killed him. And his whole movement went up in smoke whenever he, he died on the cross. Because anybody who dies on the cross is cursed. Everybody knows that. And here we are with Isaiah seeing into the future and saying he bore our griefs, he bore our sorrows. <laughs> um. I, of all, of all well, how can I say this? Um, being with so many people uh, when their loved ones pass, there is a tremendous amount of grief and sorrow that happens every day all around us. We don't, we don't catch it. We don't see it. You know, not catch it like a, a sickness, but, you know, we don't see it happening unless it comes close to us in someone that we love. But our world is filled with disappointments. Our, our world is filled with people who, who, who want something different and can't find it. And they're frustrated with life and they're frustrated with the, the, the bad things that happen and the, the people who make promises and, and don't keep them. They, you know, all this grief and sorrow that comes along in people's lives. Jesus knows all about it. He was rejected by his he was rejected by the people he created. In the, the nation that he set aside, the Jewish nation, which was to be the the arm of God, the the, the witness for God on, on the, the planet Earth, and they rejected the, they rejected him. And they not only rejected him, they they beat him and crucified him and they you know and then we have the, the disciples, the people that he called, twelve of them, and one of them was a traitor. And then even the closest ones, Peter, James, and John, Peter denied him. He knows what it is like to be sorrowful. And he even said, Father, why have you forsaken me? The, the understanding of being forsaken, God has taken that that we would never have that experience. There is always one, our Father, knows exactly where we're at and he has taken our sorrow upon himself so that we don't have to carry it. Our sense of failure, he's taken it upon us. He, we don't have to carry it. We can let it go. You see, our sense of accomplishment, we can, God has given, it's, we're going to give it to God. He's going to take us. You see, but, we, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed that God has given to us, this, that I am the truth. 
the prophesied Messiah, the word is truth. Not one jot or tittle, not one comma or apostrophe. <laughs> when I go like that, it's apostrophe. Uh, not one comma or apostrophe is ever going to be left out. The word is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one apostrophe, one point of emphasis will ever they will all be fulfilled. <laughs> and I am the life. He is the breath of life. It's in John 1, uh, 19 to, 9 to 13. He says, The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life he brings into light. God wants us to see him as the light of our lives. That he was in the world and the world was there through him and yet the world didn't even notice him, what we just said. He came to his own people and they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed to be and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. He made to be their true selves. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. God will make us, will form us that we can become our true selves. They're child of God selves. I am a child of God. I am formed in the image of God. God has breathed into me the breath of life. He has given me a plan and a purpose for my life. And every one of us have a plan and a purpose. And God made us that we would be our true selves, our child of God selves. And as we recognize that I am not like you and you are not like me, but all children of God are following a path. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All of us are following God's direction, our, our place where we are going to discover, not, not self-aware, God-aware, that God has a purpose for my life and a plan for my life. Every sin and every failure, every shortcoming will be forgiven and erased. It's gone from, from forever. He has a purpose for the path that I am on, and it isn't coincidence that we are here. We are here to hear the word that speaks to our heart. And the Holy Spirit is going to make it, to imprint it upon our lives. And Ephesians says, so take everything the Master has set out for you. Take everything that the Master has set out for you. They are well-made weapons. They are well-made promises. They are well-made declarations that fit perfectly to your hand. They fit perfectly to your heart. You know, you get in a car and you sit down and the seat fits perfect. If you're a wide body person, you know. <laughs> if you're going to travel, they decided that they're going to shrink. Some airlines are going to shrink their seats by two inches. It's not that we're getting smaller, but they want to put more people in the space. <laughs> so they're going to shrink the spaces by two inches so they can add more people. Well, we don't fit their seat, some of us. God doesn't put you, place you in any position that he hasn't made for you to fit your hand perfectly. It doesn't mean that the situation is perfect. You know, uh, the, the, the perfection 
that um, if you've ever picked up a tool, you know, you pick up a tool, a hammer, or a drill, or something, a, a, a mop, <laughs> a dish rag, I don't know, you pick it up, and, and it just fits your hand perfect. It's ergodynamic. Is that the word? Ergo, whatever, it fits perfectly. Well, in our life, our life is perfectly fitted for us. Your life is perfectly fitted for you, suited for you. God has made it, he has made it well. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. So take everything the master has set. He is the way, the truth. Uh, and put to use uh, the things that will be able to stand up to everything. The truth of God's word will help us to stand up against everything. Anything that comes our way, every situation that comes our way, truth, the truth of God's word will come to the forefront and we're able to deal with it. We're able to handle it. We're able to be more than conquerors. We're able to be victorious over it. And this is for keeps. He is the truth, the way, and he is the life. Our life goal is to finish the course that God has for us and he has set it out for us and we will finish and we will finish victorious. Not to receive just a crown of leaves that fades and dries up, but we will receive the crown of life. So here we are. Here we are in this beautiful place called now. And we are here with the giver of life, God himself, who has spoken to our hearts by his spirit to challenge us to believe, to believe that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The way, the truth, and the life. Life that I live is perfectly suited, form-fitted to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says that. And that we declare that truth in us. Do we receive it? Amen. Let's stand, shall we? God, you are the way home. The way home is through you. Uh, the way to our eternal home is through you. The way, O oh God, to our God finish, it's through you. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence and your word. We thank you, Lord, that you will help us to see the way, know the truth and receive the life that you give us each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you.